John, do we really have to do this ad read again? No. It's the same one as last time, and I don't really want to read about pretenders or contenders. It's so sad. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of the basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page and get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Crack your beer. Let's start. Hey everyone, uh, this is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilly, and uh, joining us from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke Coach Walton. Uh, we're a little down today, to be honest. Sorry for the unusual opening. What up, Coach? What up, Jay Gill? We're down. But and we're not out. No, we are out. <laughs> we are out. We are out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, what I, I don't know. What I kind of want this pod to be is like a, a place for at least for us and hopefully for our listeners to kind of digest what this season was, the highs and the lows, and kind of like sit for a little while in it. Because I think it's, I think it's worth, I don't think that you should just wash this one off like Schroeder kind of said after the last game. I, I think that there's something to learn here about basketball, about life, about this team, about fandom. Laker fans care, man. And Yeah. For sure. And it's like, it was good at least to see a glimmer of the Lakers carrying themselves as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think, it, 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 I, you know, I hate that we went out the way we did. Yeah. Me too. Um, but at least they had like a little bit of fight in them at the end that, that made it feel a little less defeating. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it um, is. So yeah. It is what it is. I mean, today, like Luke said, we're going to kind of talk about the series, talk about the game, talk about the season and the team we don't really have much of an agenda to be honest for all of you out there we're just gonna kind of chop it up and let you know how we're feeling and you know be be pretty honest about uh you know kind of everything we've seen we are gonna talk a little bit about uh the off season we'll have a little bit of a primer for that at the end where we'll just kind of let you know kind of what everyone's status is in terms of you know under contract free agent restricted free agent any type of exclusions we have on them, those kinds of things. And then uh, today was also exit interview day mm-hmm. uh, for everyone except for Braun and AD. AD did his last night and Braun is not doing one. <laughs> um, he didn't do one last year either, apparently. So apparently this is just like a thing he does. It's, I wouldn't. Whatever. He, You know, he's uh, busy, you know, preparing to play the goon squad or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but I have one quote from kind of every key free agent. Oh, great from their uh, exit interview. Cool. For those of you that weren't able to like manically follow 
Laker Twitter today like I was doing. <laughs> One last time. <laughs> One last yeah. time for old time's sake. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to thank all of our followers for tuning in. Yes, this will be a bit of a commiserating pod, but I also think that this might be like a positive venting moment thing for us to help turn the page and, and look back on, you know, highs and lows. Please subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying this pod, please share it with your friends and throw us a comment on iTunes or whatever. Luke Walton Talks Lakers is also part of the Basketball Podcast Network. So be sure to check out the other great shows on the network as well as follow us on social media. You can find our links at LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. Thank you, Luke. So we're not going to do uh, in or out today because honestly, I'm probably just out on everything right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I would like to ask you to do. Yeah. In in like a sent in like one or two sentences. Mm-hmm. Can you summarize this series against okay. the Suns that we just lost in six games after two pretty awful wins without Anthony Davis mm-hmm. or two pretty, pretty awful losses without Anthony Davis? Just in one or two sentences, just kind of summarize what happened and then I'll, I'll do the same and we'll see see where we land. LeBron and AD haven't played more than two consecutive games together since Valentine's Day. So romantic. And we basically had to jump into the Western Conference Finals from the jump. It was it was like trying to take a take a jumbo jet off a really short runway. Mm, like an aircraft carrier. It it yeah, like an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and the, the slingshot was broken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it, it was one of those things that you had hope. You're like, here comes the lift. Right. And then the same story of the season played out again. Injuries, yeah. going cold, streaky shooters, and weird head case kind of things that evaporated hope, I think, on the team. And that that's what was the killer. It wasn't, it wasn't even that LeBron couldn't get up to his normal... LeBron carrying a bunch of scrubs kind of thing. It was that nobody really believed in themselves and Mm. they were turning down good looks. They weren't playing the kind of defense that we were known for. And they were playing a quality team that punished mistakes and didn't make a lot of mistakes. And didn't make a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, it was like four turnovers in uh, game five by the whole Suns? Yeah, I think they had zero in the first half. Freaking ridiculous. I just remember that they had five in the first the half of first quarter of last night's game and they were commenting that was more than they had the entirety of game five also i don't want to make it all about us Suns are really good that's why i said it felt like a western conference finals devin booker's legit i really didn't like to be honest i did not like devin booker coming into this series and it's going to sound like a little weird to be like i i i, I, I believe him I, I believe in him i buy it yeah man i mean braun doesn't wait for someone outside the locker room and hand him a signed jersey every time he he loses a series yeah. like that was you know and he, he braun recognizes it and it's fair i'm i'm with you i think uh my my issue with it is I, look i think i think bookler but i think booker is legit i think ayton is legit uh i think it's notable that booker really took off after kcp got hurt definitely notable. um and ad i and thought they AD, were both yes. doing a great job on him so credit on, credit yes. to those two guys yes um you know, we know who Chris Paul is, right? Yeah, He's great asshole. at getting you into the playoffs. <laughs> um, I will say, like, there is a general sentiment around the Suns mm-hmm. that I'm pretty pissed off about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like the, I hate to sound like an old man, but it's like the poor sportsmanship that, that I that I think I kind of witnessed. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not saying that like it's all one sided, right? Drum was on the sidelines taunting them during, uh, you know, game three, right? I'm not trying to say that the Lakers don't talk trash or anything like that. Um, but I don't know, just some of the, some of the stuff at the end of the game just felt a little, a little much for me, a little bit kind of like, I kind of wanted to be like, act like you've been here before, except they've never been there before. So maybe that's it. But yeah, you know, I get it for a guy like Jay Crowder, who's never gotten past LeBron in his entire career. Like mm-hmm. it probably felt pretty good oh, to yeah. make that happen. Oh, right. Yeah. CP is now the only of only one of the banana boat guys to 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 get past Braun mm-hmm. in the playoffs, right? This is a, mm-hmm. a coming out party for Booker and Ayton. So big time. I I get it. And I you know, you saw Monty at the end of the game telling Booker, like, hey, don't don't do that. Yeah. Like keep keep yeah. your cool. He's a you good know? coach. So I, yep. He's a good coach. So I think a lot of that is those factors, them being young yeah, all that. Oh, you know. But this this is where this is how rivalries are built. I didn't view the Suns as a rival before this game. No, really, really, actually, yeah, before this game. Before this game, yeah. I, I, now I, I want to beat I was them say really badly next year. Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's where rivalries are built, and that's also. I think I think the main thing that I want to communicate to Laker fans because this is what's helped me the most of dealing with this because I was a mess after game five. I did not want to do a podcast. I didn't want to do anything. It was just, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a reason we didn't do one. <laughs> it's awful. I, I don't feel the same way today in part because I was able to get a little bit of perspective. Do you remember when we lost to the Celtics 2008? Uh, of course. The mentality of the team coming back the next year was, they were on a mission. was unique. And it was that yeah. made that season so special. This yeah. season lacked anything like that to coalesce the team. It was this chaotic mess of guys in and out of the rotation, in and out of COVID protocols, all these yeah. weird things that kind of added up that there there never felt like this identity or storyline or narrative to it. In the same way that we had last season. Last season was chaotic, right. but there was a mission. There was Wash King. There was Kobe's yes. passing. There were all of yes. these things to play for. Yes. This yes. season didn't really feel like there was anything to really play for other than defending. Yeah. And I think that that kind of showed in almost the identity of the team is that we were very conservative. We did a lot of these things that like it, it just didn't show the requisite amount of like stick to itness that yeah. you need to actually you know, win 16. So here's my summary of the, of the series in like a sentence or two. Yeah, man. Um, not even LeBron's shoulders are big enough <laughs> to carry a team that is shooting like sub 20% on wide open corner threes. Yeah. And we finished sub 30 for the whole series. Yeah. Even yeah. when you add so, in those little hot streaks and stuff. So I, I think like just thinking back on the whole series, you know, uh, I'm not trying to assign blame here, but just trying to understand kind of like sure. thing, yeah, where things could have come through. Yeah. I, I do want to start with Anthony Davis. Yeah. For game one. Yeah. That's fair. I don't assign any blame to Anthony Davis for games five or games six. Mm-hmm. It is not his fault that he got injured. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's a blameless thing. Injuries happen. Like it took a lot of heart, I think, to try to go out there and play when he couldn't move to the right and I'm, I'm glad he took himself out pretty early because I, I would have hated to see him get get hurt even worse yeah that first game is a place where I do assign a little bit of blame because this is now the like you know third or fourth playoff series out of five or so mm-hmm. right where he's just not showed up for the first game of a playoff series mm-hmm. 
I think all of the caveats you gave around this team not really having a chance to to congeal, these guys not really getting to play together, all that is true, but none of that should impact effort. And he gave a poor effort in game one. So so I, I just want to... Yeah, no, you're right. But I think that that's the mental side of what I'm saying, the narrative side. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. For when, sure. When you have that short of an off season and when you're just defending and there, there's you're in and out and all these different things, what I... Okay, let me it also... It felt like a weird continuation of last season or something. Like, it it, 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 it was a strange... It was, it was a strange it was year. Strange. And my here's my, like, glimmer of hope through it all. Lakers play for championships. We don't play for Western Conference Finals. We don't play for finals appearances. A loss in the finals is the same as the loss in the first round. It's the same as not making the playoffs. Simple as that. This this scenario where we got our asses kicked, but now we get a longer offseason rather than getting your asses kicked in the finals. And having a month less to rest. and That sets us up in a much better way. Totally. I I think... So the the other thing I just want to say, going going through the series... Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that the the temptation this whole off season is going to be to uh, act like this roster was a failed experiment or a failure, mm-hmm. and there are certainly elements of it where I think that is true. Yeah, but I think the temptation is going to be to say, "See, this group just can't do it," and I I, I don't think that that's entirely true, and I think that Laker mm-hmm. fans need to do. A little bit of just a gut check whenever you like want to fire off a take about who we should bring back or who we shouldn't bring back or how we should be, you know, handling this. Because I just want to remind everyone that, you know, we had a 2-1 lead in this series and felt real confident that we were going to close it out in five after game three. Yeah. And then Anthony Davis gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And then it all flips. So, you know, I do think there's this chaotic element to sports, right? Yeah. Where sometimes a shot goes in or a shot doesn't go in and that and the result is a coach gets fired, a roster gets blown up, mm-hmm. right? But it's important to remember like sometimes those chaotic things go in your favor too. Yes. And so it's important not to put too much weight on those things all the time. Now, clearly I think there are some issues with the roster that that need to be addressed and that we've got to figure out especially with how tight our cap situation is going to be. We've got to be pretty pretty perfect i think this off season mm-hmm. um but we were we were very close and i think that even with anthony davis's injury if bronze ankle had been more closer to 100 percent, and if like if even one or two of our guys could hit a fucking wide open three mm-hmm. I, I think that at a minimum this gate this series is going to seven so i just yep. want to make sure that fans realize that like the 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 margin of like the 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 amount that we were off here is not is not cavernous no right? it, it, no it, it's no, it's a narrow margin but, but, that we missed by here but and we all i like what my position was for optimism going into this playoffs was that this is a jumbo jet if it as long as it gets off the runway we're gonna be okay like yeah. it's gonna be really yeah. hard to derail this thing it just never got off the runway if we yeah. had an easier team in the first round it might look a lot, lot different if you don't get injured yet. It could have been Lakers in five because Anthony Davis figured out the way that they were playing defense. And what we were doing is we were moving the ball to the wing and then 80 was cutting down from the top of the key near the free throw line. And they just couldn't stop it. Yeah. It was just creating this momentum of Anthony Davis towards the rim with the defense shifted towards the wing on LeBron. And so we figured him out. 
AD got hurt. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But the the it then it exposed all of the other problems that we already had a very slim margin for victory yes. here. Yes. I think that the one roster glaring roster mistake at this point is is Harrell. Yes. I, I understand the reasoning and it's hard it's like hindsight twenty twenty kind of thing. But he did prove himself to not be a very good playoff player in the playoffs yes. before. He yes. was a non-factor in this, this, these playoffs, in part because of coaching decisions, but also because of his defensive decisions. Did you guys well, see? Well, there's a reason that the coaches see? make those decisions, yeah, right? Well, like, that, look, yeah. did you, I mean, if the people that watch both sides of the ball were able to see why Harold didn't play much. Yes. And yes. just in that last game. Like, yes. I rest my case. Yes. We need a shooter <laughs> for the mid-level. We don't can I, need Drummond. Can I hit you with a funny play on words? Yeah. We need a shooter, not a shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Schroeder's problem is how long it takes for him to shoot. He's, I know. he's got kind of the Lonzo thing where he's got to swing it up and. Ugh. Yeah. And, it also drives yeah. me crazy how um, he still picks up the ball on inbounds passes the way that college players do. <laughs> just dribble the fucking ball, man. <laughs> just just dribble it and run a little bit faster and you'll make up the second that you saved by letting it dribble across the, the court to you. <laughs> That's a good, pet God, peeve. <laughs> it is, it is really a pet peeve of mine. I, I, I thought that Schroeder was inexcusable for most of the series. He, he wasn't engaged on the defensive end. He was passing up open looks. He wasn't being aggressive. He proved to me that he is a top 25 point guard in the league. That's it. He, you can't, I, I he needs he is, to be in the right situation. I think right he is situation. the starting point guard on a playoff team, but not the starting point guard on a champion. He needs, he can be, but that champion just got to be really good. Well, we could have been that team. Again, yeah. I want to be clear. Yeah. I still think that, that if Anthony Davis had not gone down, we would have won this series and I still would have picked us to win the finals. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying he can't be the starting point guard on a championship team, yeah. but that championship team has to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on it. Or, or I, you know, My problem like with Schroeder is that he ends up creating a certain redundancy in the lineup. And it's the same thing with Harrell, is that we have a bunch of guys that are supposed to put pressure on the rim. What do you do when the entire defense is in the paint? Is begging you to do that. And, yeah. and they have a like a legit big guy in Aiton. So it's yeah. not like you're able to just like work them down with with AD or Braun in the post, and guys who will try to hurt you like Crowder, exactly, and and the, like long people like uh, Mikhail Bridges, like that dude's long man. He he gave us some yeah. problems. He did, he did. He's legit. It's a good rust, roster construction for the Suns, and we you also know, had a crazy. Oh, sorry, this is like one more thing. Okay. I just want to throw it in there. Why are we playing so many guys? I understand that we're we we're deep, but thirteen guys. To like see playoff minutes, that's insane, man. That's just that's just vote like Flailing I think around. that's I think that's Vogel seeing the starters like not really engaged and just trying to see if we can get some juice out of yeah, someone. I know. Um, you know, oh, I I bad. think uh, I want to mention one thing about Schroeder, and then I want to talk about sort of the the predicted lineup that we the the lineup we predicted in the last podcast. Okay. We hope to see without Anthony Davis, uh-huh. um, and I want to say why we were still right about it. Um, but but why it still didn't work? I like the confidence on the um, on the shooter thing. You know, when we signed him, the the sort of you know the logic was, oh, this is to fill Rondo's playoff minutes. Mm-hmm. That was the initial read on it. Was like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. They just got younger and faster, and got another shot creator who can mm-hmm. run 
the who can run the the secondary unit yeah and then 12 hours later he's chirping off about being the starting point guard yep and you know we were concerned about that that was a that was you know at the time we were like wow really like you've accomplished nothing aside from getting second and six man voting once and you're coming in here acting like you should be the starting point guard on the defending championship Los Angeles Lakers and you're turning down this $84 million extension and all this kind of stuff. I I still kind of think like if he had just been that Mm -hmm. it might've been better because the, the problem to your point is that he takes the ball out of LeBron James's hands. Mm -hmm. And if he's not, if, if LeBron has the ball, he's not a great off ball player. Yeah. And, and he's a, he's a, like a if like he's at least a net zero on defense i think he proved to us that he was a better defender than he can people be he can be but he was he was a negative in a lot of games but he was a series. net in the playoffs yeah. for sure net zero so that's kind of my issue was like i think that the role that i envisioned for him mm-hmm. the moment that i heard we signed him i still kind of would have liked to to see him in and i think he could be good in but he whether it's his ego or 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 something just doesn't want that to be his role and for some reason we kind of indulged him in that part of the problem is he's not a very good playmaker he's very turnover prone when he has that high usage we saw that during the stretch without lebron yeah Yeah. so putting him in that position that really is turning him into the six-man scorer that occasionally plays guard lineups that's why he was so good when he was playing with chris paul yeah because they had a true point guard they had a true point guard and they needed slashing and yeah. he was able to lead units on off the bench but he was also the best scorer on those units so he was more expected to score rather than play make in those units i i but we already have a guy like that named Taylor horton THT. yeah yeah who's gonna be Look, way he's got such a higher ceiling than Schroeder. <laughs> I'm, I'm really frustrated at Schroeder. i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be mad if he comes back but if he comes back at the right, right, uh, wrong price point, it's going to kind of freak me out. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a very high probability he comes back, yeah. to be honest. I agree. I agree. Um, and Hopefully we, we, we get him for cheap now. I mean, that, come but, on. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I don't know, man. It's I mean, I think the challenge for point. us is that, like, you know, we we traded a couple things to get him. And so I think there is probably, like, a little bit of a sunk cost yeah fallacy mentality he's, he's of like still a very good player like i like i and agree young yeah and athletic yeah. and and, and it, it, you know the, there's always going to be this he was coming off of covid protocols like maybe that okay had an are impact. you ready are you ready to admit that i'm i'm two and one or three and one in my um covid predictions how, why how would you be over 100 percent correct in your predictions i said two and one or three and one i don't remember how many no, predictions be, i made Oh, you made two. I was going to say you'd be two for two. Okay. You predicted Mark and Intruder. No, I, I'm i not going to say that the dude had COVID. I, it would make it, he should have it would, said it he would, had COVID. It would make sense. <laughs> Look, I'll give you, I'll give you that it would make sense. And that at this point, I think the odds probably are that he did, but he's it's still like, denies man, why it. why can you only play one good game a week? It's like, I got half a lung and I can't taste, man. <laughs> and my like, brain is still foggy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it would make a lot more sense. I'm just saying, just saying. Yeah, that's fair. So I I just really quickly, I want to, uh, I want to talk about the lineup that we pitched Mm -hmm. the eight, the without AD lineup that we pitched, which was basically Stark Gasol at center. Uh And, you know, I think we hemmed and hawed about whether it should be Kuzma or, or, you know, Wes or AC is the, like Mm -hmm. the, the, the other sub. 
um, depending upon if KCP was playing or not. Yeah. We did not really see that in game five, which I don't quite understand. I, I, I don't understand. I, the, my biggest question for Vogel, and I actually think that I don't put much of this on Vogel just because of the injuries, but mm-hmm. my biggest question for Vogel was like, man, starting Keefe in that game was a, a real like balls on the table moment. It was. It where it was like, failed. I appreciate that you trust this guy because of what he did for you in the finals last year. Yep. And I think that that was the rationale was like, look, yep. this guy helped win us a championship last year. I can trust him to to be like a good decision maker on the court. Mm-hmm. The problem is like the guy just it, like, I, I don't know if like his his contract prescription is wrong or something, you know, but he just can't hit the basket for for the life of him i know and if he had last night we might have been able to come back yeah in the game no it's true um but he was also a big part of the fact that we did get it back to nine at one point yeah and i can't i can't hate on on keith that much because he did win us a championship yes and like give that man another off season yes bring him back he he said in his exit interview sorry to spoil but no, no, it's okay. It seems like he wants to come back and, and have another, another shot of this. And I welcome I welcome all those guys. Like, I know that Kuz is going to get a lot of heat. I know that KCP is getting way too much heat. That's way ridiculous. KCP is a baller. Yes. You, like, Laker fans. He was a net positive player, despite the fact that he was, like, one from 12 for three. He, he is one of the cornerstones of our lineups. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves, especially after he already showed two Laker fans in the championship run that he's one of our best role players, maybe of all time. He's actually that good. He just is so. It's it's his his game is so like nuanced, and he doesn't do the flashy things. But that's exactly what you need it, uh, alongside LeBron. And well, he's and fast. also he he's. You saw that last night he finally started actually hitting, hitting threes. I know. And then th- it got us back into the game for a moment. I know. You know, so he's yeah. a special um, player and he deserves our respect and our love. Totally. I, I feel but, bad for the guy because he goes through so much. He he does. He does. But we paid him really well the first couple of years. Yeah, he did. And he, was <laughs> and he a big, earned that money. And he was a big part of the reason why Booker didn't go off until later. Yes. He was a big absolutely, part of that. Absolutely. Look, you know. KCP getting hurt and then AD getting hurt, even with KCP coming back, he wasn't quite the same. That no. that's what spells a, a Booker forty plus game. He, look at look yeah. at the box scores. Well, and Caruso being out for the second yep. all of the second I half. Know. That that Caruso. Okay, real quick on that Caruso being out all of the second half. I think proves the point that we didn't have a prayer at winning this championship. Everybody's bodies are breaking down. Well, of course, yeah. With too many back to backs compressed season all that nonsense yes. i know it sounds yes. like an excuse but i think it's real it's just like you you run a marathon you take a five minute break and go run another marathon you might look good for the first 13 yeah yeah no keith said this is the most basketball i've ever played in like 12 months and there were times during the season where i was just like god damn this is crazy yeah i think that the especially because lebron and ad got hurt all the other guys then i think had to exert a little harder yep of course put a little more put a few more miles on their bodies oh, yeah. um but just to that lineup right to that to that mark starting center lineup we actually saw it in game six they did, they sat drumming and didn't play in the entire game you know what the problem though was 80 off the bench man easy well, easy decision that's that I, that was what got me the most pissed off at vogel and i know he's got politics and stuff to deal with but if you're gonna run out gasol and you're not gonna play lebron at four we're gonna be way too slow 
And to, to put a hobbled AD out there, it's like, of course we're going to go down 20 points in the first quarter. Come yeah. on. I know, Stupid. I know. But just... But just we could have won that on, game with that, like without that first quarter. That's what that's what got me heated. Uh, yeah, it's like but, what a but lineup. that was, yeah. But also that was guys just like, like not trying very hard in that first quarter either. Like yeah, I guess. But I really think that that was a big. Obviously, Booker was insane. But that's the thing is, is that Dude, a lot of those too- shots that that Booker and Crowder were making, not all of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were actually well defended, and they were just hitting them over a hand in their face. It would have we would have had them more off their game with a faster lineup in there. I agree. West, I agree, and that's KCP, what we ended up going Schroeder, to, and that's what got us back into the game. But then was, why don't you just play start? The why don't you lead with your best foot forward, especially in an elimination game where you just got your ass kicked the game before in the first quarter, and you were able to, never able to come back? It was the same. It, that was it. Just felt like such a deja, deja vu. It was like, oh, nice, you're not playing Drummond anymore. So like, I know. But like, okay, okay, what's what? Well, you're worked up about I, I'm, this. I am a little worked up about this because. We pissed off Drummond, who would be a perfectly fine veteran minimum signing. I don't I want disagree. him for MLE. I would actually, yeah. you know who I want? JaVale. I would, yeah. JaVale knows JaVale. his role. He's cool yeah. to like take Let the lumps back. in the, in the, in the uh, regular season, get us a decent record, and then fade away to the bench and be a fun guy. I'd welcome yeah. JaVale back in a second. Yep, me too. Um, so yeah, I, I hear you. But I like. I think that we kind of burned the, the Drummond bridge. Almost for no reason in the last game. Honestly, though, fine. <laughs> I really don't give a fuck about Drummond. I'm sorry. Not not as a human. Is he, <laughs> yeah. He's. Yeah. I, I like him. Like he was. He. I. He grew on me. I liked his mm-hmm. antics. I mm-hmm. thought. He, I think he's a fun guy. Mm-hmm. You know. I. I. But for this team, I just have no interest in him. I it's. Agree. It's another Schroeder kind of person where what this team does not need. Yep. Is guys who think that they are the number one option or the number two option. Yeah, that's fair. And that's what I think both he and Schroeder are. But the, the, just I, I want I've been trying to make this one point about I'm this sorry. damn Gasol lineup. I'm okay. <laughs> the whole point about the Gasol lineup, the whole reason you and I were pitching it, yeah, was that it should draw DeAndre Aiden out. Yep. Allow LeBron or potentially Schroeder to drive and dish right mm-hmm. to collapse the defense and then mm-hmm. dish it out to a shooter, mm-hmm. right? But that only works if guys are hitting shots. That's fair. Very good point. And they weren't hitting shots. Yep. And what you saw was that in the second and then third quarter of last night's game, once guys started hitting shots, that started working. Yes. Yeah. Simple. So to me, like that that's really what this whole thing comes down to is that like you you can't have all of the things go wrong. You can't have LeBron hobbled yeah. Yeah. and Anthony Davis out of the game and everyone hitting like one of however many shots they've taken in the series. I mean, it, it is simple. Your superstar has got hurt and the role players couldn't hit shots. That yes. is simple. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that there are, there's all of this is connected. There's yeah. You know, it's like yeah. Charlie with the, uh, from it's always sunny with like <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the board, yeah. you know, it, it's like kind of like you run out these certain lineups, you play too deep into the bench. I think this is part of the shooting problem. When you're playing 13 guys, including in the regular season, like Ben McLemore and well, all guys these just people. can't get into rhythm. Can't get into like, but, who, but again, I mean, here was the thing though. Yeah. Before they all got hurt, we had narrowed it down to like a nine-man rotation, yeah, right. and you're our right. conversation was like, good point. "Are the rest of these guys going to be pissed?" And we kind of said, "I don't care because this is these are the nine guys that we're going to ride." Yep. In the playoffs, and yep. so we need them to get in rhythm. So you're right; it is all connected, and it goes all the way. It goes all the way, you know, back to there. Yep. So true. Um. And LeBron's ankle, 
Yeah. It's it, yeah. it's going to be nice to see these guys rested and pissed off. Totally. Totally. And, I mean, they yeah. like AD gave a, uh, he was talking about what his typical off season looks like. Okay. Because this is his first typical off season with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, also his first season coming off of a deep playoff run. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're saying deep playoff run because last season basically bled into this season and he didn't really have a break. Well, like e- even if it was a regular season, a normal season, like like say like when uh, Kobe Gasol Lakers went back to back, they were hurting oh, t- yeah. towards the end of that second yeah, yeah, season sure. because you, you're, you know, you're instead of playing, a, a, you know, an 80, 82 game season, you're playing a hundred something game season yeah, yeah. and you do it again. Yeah. Oof. So he, the, the, the explanation he gave basically was I take a month off and I do nothing. I saw and a I, picture when he was trying to take his month off with him and his pizza delivery guy and he was stoned out of his mind. It's one of the I, funny, I that it's such too. a good picture of Anthony. But Davis. that's because he didn't have a month. He had a week. <laughs> he was trying he to get it all smoke in a month's worth of weed in one week. <laughs> so he takes a month off and does nothing. Yep. Then he said, I lift for six weeks. Not really even playing basketball. Just yeah. like I lift and I get back into shape for six weeks. Yeah. Then I play basketball for about a month and like work on some skills and get back into rhythm. And then training camp starts. Mm. Wow. And then he has all of training camp. Now, look, he might need to get used to not having that much time mm-hmm. because the Lakers will hopefully be deep into the playoffs consistently enough during his career that he might not Should have, be. you know, a month to call the pizza delivery guy every night. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still like, when you think about what he is used to at preparing himself for a season yeah, and the 71 days that he got between the last game, and the first game mm-hmm. that included training camp and all kind of stuff, right? It, he was hurt at the end of the finals last year. Like we yeah. forget that he played through an injury in the finals last year. Screw anybody that says he's soft. Oh, hey, shut up. And stupid. Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley like after game i don't know four or five Mm -hmm. uh there was a really awkward moment on on inside the nba Mm -hmm. where he referred to him as street clothes i remember that yeah and then everyone kind of got quiet and then he's like do do you know who i'm talking about and he's like i call him anthony street clothes davis because he's always in street clothes he got a ring no he doesn't uh and oh she can see my face (laughs) then (laughs) then then so so he's basically clowning on the guy for not playing. Mm-hmm. Then AD tries to play last mm-hmm. night, and Chuck had the audacity at halftime to criticize him for trying to play. They're just what saying a piece stuff. of shit, man! Like <laughs> fuck that guy. For real, for real, man! Like these are these are people that you're that you're talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that like. Even when we like clown on these guys or make fun of them, I, I I try to at least make a make a point of of addressing it. Like, hey, I, I'm just I'm 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 making a joke here. This is a human. I, I don't actually think poorly of them or want badly for them. Even Chris Paul, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like I'm almost talking about them as like a character, less mm-hmm. than them as a human. Uh-huh. You know, but I I think that sometimes these dudes forget that when they make these kind of comments. I think that we're starting to see that a little bit more with sports media and seeing that these these are human beings. And I think uh, Naomi Osaka, beautiful example, is is showing that where it's 
You know, I, I actually, based on that thread, I was I was watching some videos on Twitter, and it was some like early Williams sisters um, interviews, where it's a you know white man talking to them in an interview, and saying you know really really trying to be a journalist and push him. Why are you confident? Why are you actually confident? How do you say that with you know all this kind of stuff? And her dad, their dad, um, you know, kind of pushed back on it. And interrupted the interview saying, she said she's confident, let it be. Yeah. I think that people, I think that people, especially in sports media, are kind of take their jobs a little bit too seriously. <laughs> like, dude, you, you cover tennis or you cover basketball. You're, we're talking about a game here. You're like, not, you're not, you're not yeah. interviewing like Saddam, like behind enemy lines or something. Yeah. This, this is yeah. like a 14 year old girl who's like talented, or this yeah. is Anthony Davis who has already proven to you that he can play through pain. It's already proven to you that he can win an NBA championship and be arguably the best player on his team. And during yeah. this series, he was the best player on our yeah, team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And moving forward, I'm still, I'm riding with AD, man. I, of course. This next season, again, I said it this last season, and he, he disappointed me a little bit. <laughs> but he's he's got an NBA, NBA, uh, NBA MVP. MVP year yeah. in him. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. He's still an All-NBA caliber player. Yes. I, like, no, no question, all these, man. All these people who, who are like talking who are there there are people who are basically like questioning whether we should have traded being like wow we traded all those and all we got was one championship okay okay first of all we still have the dude okay Uh he's not gone yet so there's still time to win more rings dude sign a five-year extension come on yeah but also like i'm 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 sorry are the pelicans in the playoffs (laughs) is are, are the knicks in the playoffs no randall evaporated against ice tray i i mean like yeah, yes. All of these young players are, are the Timberwolves in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I tell you a really funny thing? I heard. Yeah, hit me. Someone called Trey Young uh, the Wario to Steph Curry's Mario. <laughs> oh <my God>. That's <laughs> so bad. I just thought that was perfect. Oh, it's so bad. I just thought that was perfect. That's so bad. Yeah, well, it, it'd be different if our like young core was like. Jason Tatum and Trey Young and Luka Doncic, you know, I'd be like, yeah, oh, for you know, sure. you'd be like, okay, maybe we fucked that up. <laughs> it's not to say that I like, I love our young core. It, 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 they're just there are levels to this, and we yeah. saw this in the playoffs. And I think that these these are moments that I think are refreshing to the Lakers fan base for us to remember. What's the difference between a playoff player and a regular season player? You know, it Harden might yeah. Harden might get his ring this year. Very well, we'll might see. we'll see. It's possible. I would rather have Steph Curry than Harden. I would rather have you ten know, times out of ten. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And and like there there are plenty of players that look awesome in the regular season. I think that Harrell was a very good example for us. And and I know last year too, Clip, Clippers yeah, fans warned Clippers us about too. this. I I would I I liked him on the team, but for him to turn to such negativity. And that's such subtweeting, all this kind of stuff. That's the thing. He's got, yeah. He's not worth yeah. it. You're not worth no. it, man. No, no. Like, go enjoy your time in Cleveland, dude. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Sheesh. I, I know. I know. You know, on the um, just one one more kind of thought on the on the on the media thing. Uh, th- there was a, a funny Onion headline that was basically like six year old girl told she can't like she should stop playing tennis because she just can't handle the media availability <laughs> or something like that. 
Um, but no, uh, some of her sponsors have like doubled down on her, which I think is super cool. So like, dude, Sweet she Green. made fifty million dollars in a year. Yeah, and and uh, Calm, yeah, uh, LeBron's meditation app, yeah, uh, has basically said they will pay the fines for any nice. tennis player who skips nice. media availability because they are like not you know not take not that feeling, France. <laughs> Um, so I'm glad to see people lining up behind her, yeah. but I will tell you the most cringe worthy media moment. I think of the playoffs thus far mm-hmm. was Chris Haynes asking Devin Booker about that pickup game where he couldn't pass out of double teams oh in a post game interview. Oh my God. For look, real? We joked. We, yeah. We, so look, we joked about that. We think it's funny. It's funny. It's but funny. I also acknowledge that Devin Booker is an extremely good basketball Absolutely. player and he lit us up. And he deserves his accolades, right? Yep. So after game five, Chris Hayes was basically like, Chris Haynes was basically like, you know, so uh, like basically like how have you come from the dude who, couldn't, who no. complained about getting double teamed oh. <laughs> during pickup games to the summer face? to this, to, right to his face on oh. the court. And, and I mean, Booker to his credit was just like, hey man, look, like, what we do in the summer and what we do in these games are not the same thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm working on stuff there, you you know, (laughs) like, but I was just like, wow, that was bad. Like what? Like, do you, do you just read Twitter? Like I, I do that, but I have a full-time job. I just do this for fun. You know, like, like, it's acceptable for me because like, this isn't what pays my bills, but my man, like you spent like, uh, 90 days in the nba bubble how do you how is this what you're going to ask about <laughs> yeah, i know god it's, it was so bad i think that it's also remarkable how little nba media knows basketball like i don't i think that they watch these games and have no clue what's actually going on from the like the x and x's and o's players coaches perspective at all well why do you think these wnba players keep killing it as yeah, right? as broadcasters exactly. it's because they, they actually really know. they actually understand basketball yes that's and what, and that's what I want as a clown fan. People. That's what I, like, yeah. I understand some, I'm not like coming on here pretending like I really know that much, but like I've played, like I understand some stuff. You know, I, I, I don't need Mark Jackson commentary anymore. No. I don't need no. it in my life. Like Stu Lance is a great example of somebody that I think actually teaches you basketball as you watch. Yes. yes. You know, it, you know who's yeah. great at this and who's going to be great at this for, for the rest of his life is Draymond mm-hmm. Green. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. During during game five at halftime but prior to the game they asked Draymond like what has to happen he basically said LeBron's gotta do it right he's gotta Mm -hmm. make it happen and at halftime uh Ernie was like okay Draymond you said that LeBron has to get it done it doesn't look like he's getting it done and Draymond was like actually with all due respect I think LeBron is trying is doing exactly what I said he should do the problem is his teammates aren't making plays and they're not hitting shots. Mm-hmm. And so Le- LeBron can only do so much on his own, right? And and there that's are other That's not what they examples. want to hear, man. That's not but what that's they, they want to hear. That's not what they want to hear. What they want to hear someone say is, yeah, that's right. He's not and he'll never be Jordan. Exactly. That's not right? That's not like, my goat. That's what they want to hear. Yeah. yeah. That's they, want, what they, they, want want to, they want some first take, I want Iguodala kind of commentary. <laughs> Stupid. You know, and, and, and but th- this is why I think people who... who appreciate basketball and understand it a little bit like guys like Draymond and, and like guys like Zach Lowe. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a cool story about Kobe basically inviting Zach Lowe over and drinking beer and watching film with him. Mm -hmm. 
and saying, I appreciate that you actually talk about the game of basketball. Yes. You know, exactly. And that's why I think like those of us who really pay attention and, and know what's going on, understand who to listen to and who to tune out, mm-hmm. you know? And those are the ones that hate on Anthony Davis. That's true. Because they only, they only stat count. They don't actually watch the game. No. It, and those are the moments that make me question Charles Barkley's like actual basketball IQ. It's like, do you not, do you not know what I you're mean, saying? He's, he's you're doing talking it about for, a man who doing... intentionally gained weight to try to like not get drafted by the team that drafted him. <laughs> I know, I know that I know what they're doing. They're doing the same thing that you know TMZ does, just yeah, on, for, sure. for sports. Yeah, and it's it's sure. unfortunate. I think that it's like that's like one of the things that um, is like one of the most negative influences of the internet on our society. Is like clickbait in all forms. In all forms, the yeah. halftime clickbait. You, it's like the I'm ubiquitization forced to watch of this, clickbait. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there was a there was a um, there was like a halftime where they were just like previewing a golf tournament or something, uh-huh. and uh, our our buddy Dan was complaining about it. And I was like, nah, brother, this is great because I don't have to listen to like a bunch of airheads talk shit about the Lakers. I I just think that it's I just think that it's unfortunate that we don't get to watch games and have commentary on games where they actually break down what's going on. Why? Why is Booker scoring oh, almost? 50 it's a total points? unforced error, which is what makes it so frustrating. Exactly. It, yeah. Like if you're watching the game, you're able to see exactly why Booker had the kind of game that he did. Yes. And like we were talking about KCP, KCP is great at locking and trailing on screens. So KCP yep. will follow you around screens and put back pressure on. Yes. So in the worst case scenario, when you see guys put put somebody on their hip, that's the worst kind of back back pressure because now they're in quote unquote jail. And they're, they're not really even in the play. They're just kind of nominally there. What KCP yep, is able to do... really, really likely to foul them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What KCP was, is able to do is stay right in front of being in jail. So he's able to put just enough pressure on their hip to funnel them to Anthony Davis. And that's why Booker was so ineffective in the first few games. It's not because Booker was bad. It's not because Booker just shot poorly. It's because there was a solid defensive assignment and a solid help defender. Right, an execution the best, on the, the strategy. The help defender that, in the NBA. Yes. Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah. So, but why don't they say that on air, man? Like, it's right there. You guys watch a ton of basketball. You should know <laughs> that better than I do. Well, no, you know, what's funny is that some, some people do, but those people don't have the mic for playoff games mm-hmm. and for the, a lot of the, the like big ticket stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So the TNT kind of second string crew with mm-hmm. D Wade and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Shaq is on it, and there's been some really funny moments where they're talking like real basketball strategy, and Shaq's like, you just got to man up. <laughs> and they look at him, and they're like, Shaq, that's not how basketball works anymore. Yeah. And yeah. then he's like, he just gets kind of lost, right? So so I do think that there are some, mm, some up and like coming folks. a generational folks. thing, too. Yeah. yeah. That, that are they, starting that's a good to, point. This is new up. NBA. And I, but yeah. I actually, and I know, like, I know a lot of people hate on new NBA. I, I understand the ref considerations. That was brutal these last yes. two games. Awful. Very brutal. Awful. Awful. And just, real quick on that, yeah. if you guys haven't seen Jason Concepcion's screenshots of the ref from last night uh, giving his calls into the microphone, they are hilarious. He poses and then he switches his shoulders and then gives the next one. And then he like 
flips his shoulders and walks away. He literally looks like a like a runway model posing when Unreal. he gives these things. You have Unreal. to you have to check it okay, out check if you it. haven't seen it. But anyways, it uh, you just want consistency out of refereeing. But the modern yes. NBA, the way that they play the game, is an incredible work of art. And it, like, I understand that if you're Shaq, you break that work of art. You are the yes. bull in the china shop. Yes, but there are no Shaqs right now. No, and you you can't. You can't expect people to play like you did if you're Shaq. And the beauty of LeBron James is he's done multiple different eras and excelled in each. And that's yeah, that's he's figured out how to tinker with this game. I want to. I know that we're completely derailing, but this is what this pod is supposed to be about. Yeah, it's okay. It's just us talking. Kobe Bryant in this modern NBA, put him in Devin Booker's place. Oh my God! Right? The whole, you know, honestly, man, like the whole series, I just kept thinking to myself, like, fuck, I miss Kobe. I know, man. Because he's, I mean, okay, he eaten in this series. He would have eaten. He would have destroyed. He, there, there. I put him on either team, and the other team wins, hundred percent. I like take yeah. anybody you want away. Take multiple people away. They, he wins. Uh, just watching the watching the way that the NBA is played, and the way that it would play in Kobe's game. I, I have a hard time thinking that if Kobe didn't play in the modern NBA, that people would doubt him as being a top player, like maybe mm. of all time. Like. It, like I, I've I've read some stuff. I know this is super homery, but talking about like point in inflation, talking about mm-hmm. uh, offensive efficiency and pace. If you take Kobe's numbers and apply them to all of those things, he's an all-time like not not he's already all-time, but he's like the all-time. I understand that there are, there were problems with efficiency, but that was also part of the era that he played in. Kobe yeah. is a much better shooter than LeBron or Michael Jordan much better shooter well, especially opinion. if he was able to get the kind of looks that guys are able to get today that, exactly exactly and get and the kind of foul, these foul calls that guys are able to get today i the, love the, the shot pace. by the way yeah i love the shot straight on the basket i don't oh, know yeah. if you, uh-huh. you noticed this yeah, i've noticed that i think it's actually really important that they start showing this more in games because mm-hmm. i think people forget about how wide a basketball court yes really is yes because when you when you see that you suddenly realize how much ground there actually is to cover mm-hmm. from sideline to sideline, mm-hmm. um, and and I think it helps to understand how shallow some of these passing angles mm-hmm. actually are. I think that yes. when you're watching from the sideline, the passing angles look like pretty sharp, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like pretty close to parallel to the sidelines, mm-hmm. and when they give you that view, even if it's just for a second, yes. you kind of remember like, oh wow, this, this is, is yeah. This is a, it's actually a pretty wide playing space and there's a lot of ground to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what they're I, actually anyways, looking at. No, it's, it's a great point. It's, I think it's really interesting for, for fans. I wish, I wish they would show that. It's a great um, point. But based on that, more. but based on that, you know, timing and all that kind of stuff, LeBron has shown that he's able to play in all these different eras with all these different yes. styles, with all of these different passing angles, all of these things. So, um, you know, I, I still have to tip my hat to Bron in that conversation, but the, the major weakness of the LeBron and AD superstar combination the one-two punch and the reason why it's not quite kobe shack is that they have a lot of overlapping strengths we talked about Mm. this last season during the finals about how ad is almost more the kobe versus lebron the shack yeah yeah when you take away lebron's ability to explode in the way that he can around the rim now ad has to be the shack and right. LeBron has to be the Kobe, and that's neither of their ideal roles. Kobe and Shaq overlapped in such an 
completely different well, they, way. They didn't overlap. Right, that's true. The, the, the only the, overlap that they had was athleticism. Yeah. You know, both, both as, you know, eight Kobe was as athletic as anybody. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to run the court, things like that. Like Shaq, Shaq was elite. I think a lot of people forget this because they remember Fat Shaq. But Shaq was able to run the but court. But by with the time anybody. he worked himself into shape for the playoffs. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. That, I, I, I think that like as we as we talk about roles, I would like to find players that didn't overlap in terms of the strengths of LeBron and AD with that rim pressure, ball dominant. I, I would love somebody that could actually hit a three off the dribble. That's a yeah. That would thing. be that would be really that would be really nice. It's to expensive. Have on this it's expensive yeah. te- generally, unless you're giving yeah. up something. But man, if we could have anybody that could hit, create their own rhythm and drain a three, doesn't necessarily have to be over a double team. Doesn't have to be this like whole thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean that just having that extra pitch that we could throw, I feel like could have been the difference in a series like this. It might have given us enough for AD to get healthy. Maybe that's the whole, that's the whole thing though. Is like if you get past this this round and you get to round two and 80s never the same you know not not, not never ever the same but not never the same for this run yeah, we don't what's the we don't, what's it worth we don't beat denver and Jokic without a healthy ad I exactly think. i don't i don't so, think so either so yeah I'm, I'm with you yeah um anything else and you know we can obviously talk about this more but anything else on kind of this season or this series that you want to talk about before we move on to sort of uh, primer for the free agency i think that's a good transition just because i you know like now i'm thinking about you know how could we have that other pitch? How could we have somebody that, you know, hit a shot off the dribble or didn't didn't just keep building strength on strength on strength in the same way that, like like you were saying with Drummond, we already have great rebounding around the rim with LeBron and AD. Yeah. Come on, LeBron, LeBron can be a triple-double threat any night. And a big part of that is because he can rebound the ball in the mid-range and, the, and around the rim too, so... Do we need that kind of rebounder? Do we need that kind of rim threat? Do we need that kind of slasher? We need a playmaker, ideally, that it can at least fill some some. We just space, need a shooter. But... I mean, last year we won in spite of our three-point shooting, and guys got really hot yep. at the right time. And I think, I yep. think, I think maybe the circumstances of the bubble maybe helped that. And this year the opposite happened, and then guys got real cold. So first of all, the bubble, everybody had to deal with the bubble. So everybody was on an even playing field by definition, saying that it's just because the bubble is ridiculous. Secondly, Everyone was though, on an even footing. This was a static yes. platform on which you played, which I think is positive for shoot, for shooters. When you are going, okay, what, what do we have? I, I think I saw it. Um, we had 8,000 people, I think was what it was in game six. Oh yeah. It was like, we had like half as many fans as to go from a hundred percent capacity. It doesn't even matter necessarily how many fans there are just in terms of percentage of capacity. Staples center, I think can hold more fans than the sun's arena can, but we had such a low percentage. It's just, that's weird for a shooter to go from super high energy to medium energy to super high energy again. You people like the the building shaking when you haven't dealt with that all season long. It's hard, especially for shooters. And we, I think we saw that across a lot of teams. I don't think that that was just isolated to, um, I mean, to to the to the Lakers. I think that we have seen a lot of teams go cold. Miami Heat being a notable example. And don't don't clown on me just saying the Miami Heat is, were just good because of the bubble. They are a good team. No. Yeah, they're a good team. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were legit. There's there's plenty of stuff that for people Duncan Robinson yeah. is one of the best shooters in the NBA. Like yeah, don't 
Goron got hurt, sure, but we didn't have Avery. Like, shit happens, too. Yeah, we would have won with Goron or not. Yeah. Didn't, Fuck all didn't that noise. But, yeah, it's just um, a thing. It's just a thing that I think people should be aware of, but they won't be. Whatever. Totally. <laughs> and and I think, you know, I think that, like, I've actually... You know what's funny is I um, I still I have not framed this. This has been sitting on my desk mm-hmm. for months. This is the copy of the LA Times from the from the day we won the championship I'm, i need to frame it really badly because i can tell it's starting to yellow um <laughs> they can never take that away from us yep you know like and i think that as disappointing as this is i'm taking a lot of solace in that 2020 championship uh and what it meant for mm-hmm. me personally with the year that that i had with covid and, and the bubble and i i had a pretty good year relatively to yeah. a lot of folks like i I didn't lose my job. I didn't lose my house. I didn't, I didn't lose anyone close to me, but it's still, you know, obviously a stressful and trying time for everyone. Um, what it meant because of, of Kobe, yeah. what it meant because of, you know, the, the team and Jeannie bus being the first female governor to mm-hmm. win a, a championship. Like none of that, we don't lose any of that because we no. didn't win a championship this year. And I just, I want to make sure that our, our listeners and Laker fans understand that like this team isn't suddenly a failure mm-hmm. writ large mm-hmm. because we didn't repeat. I know we haven't not repeated since 1985, mm-hmm. but most teams yeah. don't repeat. And we, we want championships, right? Like that's how our fan base is geared. That's how organizations are geared. Like you said, it's not making the playoffs and losing in the finals are basically the same and thing, I, but it doesn't take away what we, what we hit, what we did and how no. special that was. And it sucks that we didn't really get the time or the opportunity to revel in yes. that the same way we would have. So I just want to like, that's that's my silver lining. This whole thing is like, we won a championship. Mm -hmm. Don't forget about that. And it doesn't matter that it was the bubble or anything like that. Like every season is different. Every season has its challenges. We rose to the occasion in that situation. And we might've, and we were, when we probably would have won either way, just to be clear. I I agree. I agree. You look at the way the Lakers were playing before the bubble. I think that would, that stands to reason. You also look at this, this season and the way that it played out, there is a decent chance that we prolonged LeBron's career by not putting it all on his shoulders and trying to ride him to a finals. Potentially, he basically played half a season and no playoffs. So, well, for him, and, he, and he's probably not going to play in the Olympics. Yeah, I, I don't so. think that that was just a joke when he said, "I'm going to play for the Toon Squad." I, I literally don't think he's going to play in the Olympics. In Tokyo, I don't think he's going to play, in the Olympics. and I hope not. No, no I don't think. So. Um, I don't think it makes sense. I, though I do love Olympic basketball. I Ever do since too. Kobe, man, man, Kobe just got me I so. In. I was, I was staying up watching like weird like seating games against Kenya and <laughs> stuff, where we beat him. Like I, I think it was Kenya. We beat him by eighty. Yeah, it was, it but was it's someone else's stuff, time, man. man. It's someone else's it time. Is. You're right. You know, let Devin someone Booker. else. It's Devin Booker's time. <laughs> Lose to the Nuggets and then go play in the Olympics and win us a gold medal. <laughs> then I'll like you more. Yeah, I don't. And like then you very Bill Simmons right might now, like but... you more too. Um. All right, so let's. I don't know if I understood that one. Oh, Bill Simmons is critical of Booker because he never played in a meaningful basketball game in his career before two weeks ago. But he rose to the occasion. I was critical. No, no, of him I mean, too. Like, like in the past, yeah. he's been critical of him because he like didn't didn't play in the Olympics and stuff like that. He's like, hey, you should be. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't like ben, uh, Bill Simmons. I don't like Ben Simmons either. Um, but I, I agree. Like, I I would I would kind of clown on Booker because he scored what seventy in a loss. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And I was like, "That's that's the claim to fame." And after, but after seeing him in the series, I got to give him props. He's he's a hell of a 
hell of a player and for sure. And I'm excited to see his career. I, I don't I don't dislike him personally. I'm excited to knock him out of the playoffs in future Me years. Me too, absolutely. Yeah, That's great. Um, all right, so let's talk about the offseason. The Lakers yeah, offseason is here. You know, it's funny, after the championship, you and I joked that there was gonna be like a long dark winter because we didn't think that the next basketball season was gonna happen very soon. Yep. We thought that there was gonna be an elongated offseason and maybe we would kinda almost skip a little bit of a season and, and start on schedule the next year. That obviously nope. didn't happen. Money. Uh, this year seems to be the you know a more regular off season. So you know we're gonna have we we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about off season and trades and yeah yeah signings and all kind of stuff. So I don't want to go too deep into it, but I do just kind of want to set the stage for for folks in terms of please the players who's under contract, what their situations are, um, and we can give a little commentary on that so just just real quick so everyone understands under contract for next season the 2021-2022 season uh under contract with no asterisks are lebron james anthony davis cantavius caldwell pope kyle kuzma and marcus Gasol. Mm-hmm. those five are under contract for the lakers for next year um Brown and AD soak up basically seventy million dollars of our of our cap, <laughs> uh, as they should. As they um, KCP, from what I understand, essentially has a no trade clause. Um, yeah, he has to he has to sign off on anything. Kuz is basically the only guy that's tradable based on his contract value. Mm-hmm. And is Gasol going to stay? So that's is the question. So, so Gasol, yeah. you know, actually they asked him today during his exit interview, they said, you know, mm-hmm. did the front office tell you anything? And he basically just said like, I'm not very high on their priority list. Like there are a lot of their questions they got to answer before me. Yeah. Now he, now he is under contract. It's not like they have to mm-hmm. um, opt into it or something. I think there's a question as to whether or not he retires or whether yep. he wants to play another season in the NBA. Um, he's on a vet min. So like, I don't, have a real problem with with him i actually i don't know uh-huh. if it's a vet but it's like two 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 point nine million dollars it's, yeah. it's less than the old dang is getting paid by the lakers next year so i'm <laughs> i'm cool with it um Ugh. but that that would be interesting to see yeah the other guys under contract are in some way shape or form are montrez harrell who has a mm-hmm. player option okay now this one's interesting because the conventional wisdom up until this point has been that Trez would likely decline the player option to go get paid yeah. more somewhere else because we we can't really pay him much more than than what we do now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real question as to if there is anyone out there willing to pay him more than what we would pay him if he opts into his like nine and some change million dollar contract. That's fair. I think my hot take here is that I actually hope he opts in. Why? So that we can trade him. Oh, because we don't really have any contracts or players or 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 picks or anything to trade. Still a good player, yeah. Yeah, we don't have so, those yeah. like kind of ten to fifteen million dollar contracts that you kind of need yeah. to to make trades happen. Um, I hear it. I so hear part it. of me actually kind of hopes that he opts in just so that we have another Pete. Not because I want him to be back on the team. To be very clear, I don't want him to be back on the team. <laughs> um, uh, but. Uh, you know, I think it would be nice to have some some optionality around around potentially trading him. Yeah, I don't think he'd be the cornerstone of a trade, but he'd be like the money that makes the trade work. Um, but that'll be interesting to watch. I think he has to make that decision by like July 10th, something like okay. that. Um, 
And then the last guy under contract is Alfonso McKinney. He has a non-guaranteed deal for next season. I think the expectation is they probably won't pick that up because they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. Really five players. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, KCP, Kuz, Gasol, and then Trez with the player option. Okay. So then we come... Some room. Yeah, but also to your point, Braun, AD, and KCP is kind of the core of what we do. Yeah. I'm excluding Kuz from that, not because... I don't think he's an important or good player, but I don't think that he is. Yeah, but he was a total, he ghosted in the playoffs. So, yeah, bad. you know, I think, I, I think at this point it's fair to say that he's not key to what we are doing at the moment. Um, and again, so I think not because I, I don't like Kuz or want Kuz, but I think if basically if we make a trade, it, there's like a 99.9% chance that Kuz is involved in that trade just mm-hmm. because of his contract. Mm-hmm. It's like the only real tradable contract we have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yep. So then we get to free agents. So we've got a lot of free agents. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read them off. So I'm gonna start off with guys who have uh, like exclusions, which means that okay. we can sign them and exclude them from the salary cap and into some capacity. Okay. To be clear, though, you still have to pay the luxury tax. So, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we can just pay them anything we want with no consequence. But it gives you it gives you room to, you know, sign somebody else. Yes, yes. So, um, Alex Crusoe, we have full bird rights on Alex Crusoe. He's a unrestricted free agent. Dennis Schroeder, same thing. Unrestricted free agent, but we have his full bird rights. Uh, Costas Antetokounmpo is a restricted free agent, but we have his full bird rights. Um, I don't know if we really care about that that one to be honest hmm. uh Taylor horton tucker this is gonna be a really interesting one restricted mm-hmm. free agent with early bird rights mm-hmm. so there's some so flexibility weird. there but not a ton yep. because he's restricted we can match any offer as, as long as he's clutch right he's clutch yeah yeah okay we basically have to extend him a qualifying offer of it's like 1.9 million dollars okay to lock him in as a restricted free agent and then at that point we can match any offer that he's given Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a cap hit of 1.9 if we're going for any free free agents. Is a cap hold of 1.9? Cap hold, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Devonte Kaycock is same thing. Restricted free agent with early bird. I don't, you know, he's not a rotation player, so I'm not that concerned about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Dudley is um, an unrestricted free agent with early bird rights. Coach. Uh, <laughs> Markeith Morris, same thing, is an unrestricted free agent with early bird rights. That's good. So again, it, if we want to bring Keith back, it makes it a little easier. Um, I do still. I still want to bring Keith. Back. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I could see it. Um, and then there's the guys who are just f- f- total unrestricted free agents with where we have no preference uh, mm-hmm. towards signing them in terms of contract or in terms of cap space and stuff, uh, which is Wesley Matthews, Andre Drummond, and Ben Macklemore. Those are the true. Like those are the I true like unrestricted free agents. Yeah, but Wes is the only one out of those three that I want back. I agree. I I really don't want Drum back because I don't think he'll sign for a vet men. Yeah, and we absolutely should not give him either of the mid level exceptions, in my opinion. No, we gotta we gotta give we gotta give the mid level level to somebody that's gonna at least potentially be a closer in the playoffs. Yeah, totally right. No, of course. It's like, of course. But I don't understand. Like, what's wrong with that? Why did Why does Palinka not agree? <laughs> I don't know that Palinka doesn't agree. I mean, I think okay. one okay. of the things that we didn't say when we were just talking about sort of how the season ended 
Uh-huh. But I, I kind of think now that that the front office is a little bit freed up to do whatever they want. Because if this okay. team had yeah. won a championship, then it's kind of hard to be like, oh, okay, drum. I know we bought you out. I know we got you off the buyoff market, but we don't actually want you back. Sorry. Thanks for the title. Bye. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it becomes right. a little harder with those, especially with, I mean, with the fan base. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, I mean, these guys are layer fans are like going scorched earth out here. So I think, <laughs> I, you, I think that Rob has pretty, a pretty wide lane to do whatever he wants. Yeah, you can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, yeah. And then the last piece is Luol Deng. Uh, we've got to pay him five million dollars one more time last year and then he's off the books it sucks that it's one more year because this would have been the perfect year because we you know like if we're, we're going to sign ac oh an extra five mil likely would have gone a long way this would have gone a long way this yeah. offseason shoot yep it's basically the non-taxpayer mid-level exception which sucks the curse of the cup check i know he's still he's still hanging over haunting us haunting us we got a title on him, so that's fine. Um, Two. I meant like after him, like in spite of him, oh, we, we oh, got, got the it, title. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else on kind of those guys' statuses before I jump into a key quote from from each of the exit interviews? No, I think I made it clear where I stand. Yeah. Yeah, me too. All right. So here's key quotes from exit interviews. I want to caveat this with, I really only am talking about guys who are free agents and who I care about and who were either rotation guys or funny. That's really <laughs> it. So don't expect any Costas or Alfonso. I guess Alfonso's got under contract, but don't expect any Kaycock or Costas quotes here. Okay. Um, some of these are pretty interesting, Luke. I think there's a pattern to, to be followed as well. Dennis Schroeder on coming back to the Lakers quote, I don't know. The Lakers didn't do nothing to me. End of the day, I want to be here and win a championship. It's not about money. End quote. What? What is this guy doing? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I want to have some sympathy for him. I'm still really mad at him. Yes, me too. <laughs> so it's hard. Me too. But if he did have COVID, he's seeing his his stock plummet. Yes. Nosedive. Yes. Look, I, I, I meant it when I tweeted uh, Schroeder Freuda greater than Schadenfreude. <laughs> yes. I would rather love watching him than hate watch him, okay? Yes, yes. And I agree, and I think we all agree. And there were moments where we did love watch him. There were moments where we saw the flashes of how it could work. We had a pod called Dennis Schroeder Appreciation Pod. Yep. And I said, new episode on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, I could see it. It's just got to be for the right money. And if it does happen, he should sign last with those bird rights. Let us get somebody that can shoot the damn ball. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, Alex Crusoe quote, hopefully we can continue our great partnership, but that's obviously for a later date. End quote. Pretty standard. Yeah. Pretty standard. Ever the accountant. <laughs> He, you know, he was at, he did also say something about that. Obviously being able to compete for championships with players of LeBron and Anthony Davis's caliber is one of the things that is weighing on his decision. He was also mm-hmm. specifically asked about his sponsorship opportunities in Los Angeles. And he acknowledged oh, yeah, Manscaped. Uh-huh. Manscaped and Anta and 
Um, he, he did acknowledge that he recognizes that some of those opportunities are only available to him in Los Angeles and would sure. not be available else to him elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then he basically said, look, I got to stack rank all the things yep. in terms of what priority I give them in terms of making my decision. And I thought I was going to be bl- flying to Phoenix to play a game like tomorrow uh, or in two days. So I really haven't even started thinking about that. Yep. Um, so I just want to, I want to, I want to keep track of something as I finish going through these. Okay. Schroeder. I want to come back. AC. I haven't thought about it. We got, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. Those are okay. kind of the I'm two categories. You. I'm with you. I'm not reading ahead. Taylor Horton Tucker quote. Yeah. I want to let my representation handle that. I feel like they'll steer me in the right direction End quote <laughs> clutch clutch but also put him in the alex crusoe category of yep. okay. i don't know i haven't thought about it we're gonna have to think yep. about it oh shit okay this is good i'm next starting up. to get i'm starting to catch on i'm a little next slow up. right now next up markeith morris yeah. quote i okay. truly believe in our ability to win a title next year yeah, and quote yeah. he yeah. wants back yeah keith wants back okay next one montrez harrell this one's just funny montrez harrell when he was asked about the impact of the Andre Drummond signing, said, quote, you're asking the wrong guy, brother man. End quote. <laughs> I think brother man is my new favorite, like, uh, like pejorative salutation. Yeah, I like it. Like, I okay, like buddy, you know, or like, yeah, brother man. It, it fits in because they've been playing Brothers Johnson like crazy yeah, as the underscore. And they've got a really good song called Brother Man. There you go. Really good song. Uh, but again, his 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 point was, he, he said, I, I haven't thought about it. I'm going to go yeah. hang out with yeah. my kids and just be a dad for a little while. Mm-hmm. So again, Schroeder, I want to I come back. AC, I don't know. We'll figure it out. THT, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Keith, I want to come back. Trez, I don't know. We'll... You know, whatever. Wesley Matthews, quote, there's no question in my mind, in my heart that I want to run it back. End quote. Wesley Matthews wants to come back. Yeah. Jared Dudley asked if he'll come back to Lakers if offered. Quote, a thousand percent. Come on. They need me. They need me like I need them. End quote. So here's my point. Yeah. I think amongst these guys, these are sort of, the, I think, the key free agents, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't know about Drum, to be honest. I wasn't able to find anything. I, his, his exit interview, I don't think had been finished yet when I put okay. this together. Mm-hmm. But of those guys, I think it's very clear to see who has leverage and who doesn't. Mm. Yeah. In that... it's a good point. The, the guys who kind of control their destiny are Alex Crusoe, Taylor Horton Tucker... And Montrezl Harrell. Yep. Taylor Norton Tucker is a restricted free agent, but but still, to some degree, controls his own destiny. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys, the AC and THT at least, that the team obviously would like to retain. Yeah. Keith owns his own destiny in that it's a player option, so he gets to do whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But Schroeder, Keith, Wes, and does is kind of a joke, but Schroeder, uh, Keith, and Wes, mm-hmm. I mean, those are the guys that, you know, I think are some combination of either their stock has dropped or their stock was already kind of low to begin with. Yeah. Who I think potentially see this team as like kind of maybe their last shot or their best shot 
at, you mm-hmm. know, being relevant next season. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting to, to kind of, tr- you know, see that so clearly in these exit interviews when it's fresh right after the season's yep. over, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I know that a lot of Laker fans are going to be like, yeah, like scorched earth, get them off my team. Again, I want to remind people of that 2008 championship where we lost to the Celtics. If we scorched earth and wiped everybody off the team, it's a little different because that team was better. (laughs) That team made the finals. If we did that, we would have lost some of that energy. For sure. Let's run it back and let's kick their ass. You know? There, there will be a benefit if we keep a core of guys, particularly if we're able to sign another key free agent that that can close and use this moment to maybe humble some of the guys that stick around. Yep. Including the coaching staff. I think the coaching staff was getting a little arrogant. Uh, yeah. So the, like we're just going to stick with our thing and we'll adjust if we need to. Exactly. It, it, it needs to be something that humbles Anthony Davis as well. Something that hopefully lights that fire again. Gives them a chance to recharge, both yep. mentally, physically, spiritually, and come out and get that MVP, man. For sure. Well, and, and you know the the other thing on on that note is, I don't remember the exact number, but the Lakers had like seventeen practices the entirety of this season. Mm-hmm. Now everyone did. Everyone did. I'm not yeah. saying the Lakers are special in that regard, but the Lakers had a really new team this year. Yeah, we had a lot of turnover. And not much time to integrate those guys, especially considering the injuries. So Mm -hmm. again, as we're thinking about what this team should do next year, I think at least Mm -hmm. one thing to consider is, is there some value in continuity for at least some of these guys? I like it. You know, I think that a guy like Wesley Matthews, he was one of the only guys working his ass off last night the whole time he was on the floor. Yeah. He was he missed some shots and and he wasn't perfect. I'm not saying that he's absolved entirely of this whole thing. But the dude gave a hundred percent effort last night. And I recognize that as a fan. And even when we were down twenty-nine, it meant a lot to me that he was not giving up on the team. To that point, I want to highlight campaign. <laughs> that dude was playing in China. I guarantee you. He was playing in China? I didn't know that. I hadn't heard yeah. anyone say that about him. They said it every single game. I know. I'm kidding. I'm being facetious because it drove me crazy. And I can't. Be- I tweeted crazy. that, actually, and I can't believe you just said this. Anyways, make your point. <laughs> the point, The point though, is is that guys can bounce. Yeah, for sure. You know, so don't write these guys off forever. It was one series. Yes. And they didn't have the fire. Give them no. the fire and see what they turn into. No. And and I think that in 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 my mind, okay... In my mind, if we can sub Trez mm-hmm. and Drummond mm-hmm. for a better third option and maybe a little bit of Schroeder if we don't overpay him, right? But if we can cut back on Schroeder a little bit, eliminate Drummond and Trez and bring in a closer, to your point, mm-hmm. like like a guy who can play at the end of a end of a game when it matters, yeah. then I think we're right back in it you know absolutely if not the favorite and again it's be real yeah and 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 i again i think because of our cap situation it's gonna be very tight so i i actually kind of think that like known quantities are valuable this season Mm. so trez uh excuse me keith is i think valuable to us this off season because we know Mm -hmm. what we're gonna get from him Mm -hmm. 
I think that Wes to me is at that point too, right? I know mm-hmm. what we're going to get from him. And I think he's disappointed in his play this season. I yes. don't think he needs to be high up in the rotation, but yes. he could earn a spot. He still has it in him, I think. And both of those guys, I think to your point, were comfortable being DMPs. Yeah. Anybody that's not comfortable being a DMP is not a champion. Come on. No. If you're not playing up to caliber, you shouldn't be playing. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your name is. Yeah. How that's much you're making the, the, or whatever. And I think the coaching staff should feel empowered to do that a little bit more. Even in the case of Anthony Davis. If he's going to play and not be Anthony Davis, then he just shouldn't play. But yeah. I also understand if you're Vogel and you understand, this is a bad reason to make this decision, but you mm-hmm. understand the shit that AD gets all the time for like not being tough and not being whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the man comes to you and says like, I want to give it a shot. I think uh-huh. I can do it. I want to give it a shot. How do you not? Yeah. Like, how do you fair. not? Cause to me, that's also one of those relationship things where like, yeah, I do think that, that it matters to me that Vogel and AD trust each other and establish and maintain good rapport because I want Vogel to keep being the coach of this team to be, to be extremely clear. Yeah, I agree. I think Vogel is a very good coach. I think we really lucked into getting him. I was thinking the other day about like, I mean, do you remember, I think that, I think that I was in an airport and you called me or something after the Mm -hmm. Vogel signing or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone was like so sure that kid was going to little finger him. Yeah. You know, so again, I just think for all these people that are like, oh, we only won one title because of the trade. We're f-. It's like, shut up. It's really hard to win a championship in the NBA. Yeah. This this core of guys has done it, is still contending to do it in the future. Mm-hmm. And we just need to we just need to make some tweaks, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We just need to make some tweaks. It's not whole scale changes. It's just some tweaks. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think that we're going to see LeBron's evolution into another stage of where he could become a more and more potent off-ball threat. He understands the game so well. He is a good shooter from every part of the floor. If he can dial in his catch and shoot a little bit more, just like like LeBron, just do the most boring workouts possible this <laughs> offseason. <laughs> I don't think he's capable of that. Yeah, I know. Can I hit you with just kind of one one thing? Just Yeah, let's close it out. Um, I think you're going to hear a lot about sign and trades. Okay. Okay. And we, you yep. and I were, were DMing a little bit about it last night. I think you're going to hear a lot about sign and trades and, oh, sign and trade, sign and trade, because we're, we're capped. This is a good way to whatever. Sign and trade really only works for the Lakers if the other team has a lot of mm-hmm. cap space. Okay. Okay. That's really the only way. Because once you once the other team does the sign and trade, they're essentially hard cap. Okay. So mm-hmm. here are the teams with practical cap space with a lot of practical cap space mm-hmm. in 21. Okay. And I want you to think about this list of teams. We would actually try to sign and trade for. We actually have that, that other team might be interested in receiving from us. Mm-hmm. Okay. The New York Knicks, <laughs> That's fair. Right, right. the Oklahoma city thunder, the San Antonio Spurs, mm-hmm. the Toronto Raptors, the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, those are the teams with more than twenty yeah. million dollars in practical cap space next season. Okay, look at look at the Oklahoma City Thunder. They'd love her. What is it? Twenty one pick, number twenty one first round pick. Yeah, they're short picks. But why? But why are they going to do that just for us to get a better player? I know it gets complicated. 
billion picks in cap space. Why did they care? All right. For, okay. Ignoring Presti's cap, uh, his pick fetish. I know, but they love him. I'm just they saying, if you look him. through those teams, hey, those are the more teams is that we more, could realistically sign and trade with. The Knicks, the Thunder, the Spurs, the Raptor Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. Over 20 million. None of those teams have a guy that's like really going to make a huge difference for us. The only thing, but also the free agent has to want to do it. So. No, you're right you though. Know. I hear you. This, the sign and the sign and trade is just like uh, it's an easy way to be like we're gonna lose a free agent might as well get something for him. I understand the, yes. the impetus. Yes, exactly. It's it's yeah it's it is pretty complicated to actually pull something like that off. I could see something working far e- more easily with someone like Trez. Yes, be ops in and then we trade him because like and also you have that clutch <laughs> sports management connection where if Trez says hey I want to go play in with the Knicks would be hilarious because they love forwards <laughs> like forward center types <laughs> you know and then we get somebody back in return i don't know i don't even watch the knicks very much rj so. barrett maybe okay yeah exactly somebody like that that'd be cool that'd be cool but he's not proven like i don't know i know I don't, no it's fair you know, I, like, I would much prefer proven but proven comes at a premium i want cj mccollum <laughs> but why but but why would the portland trailblazers trade him to us for you know give him uh like kuzma <laughs> Because that's what's going to get Dane to say, all right, <laughs> let's let's try this again. Okay, now we can win. <laughs> uh, well, with that, um, I want to thank all of our followers. The sign and trade perspective is bleak, but the, the yeah. perspective for the team, I think, is still is still very hopeful. This is just for all of the Jersey editors out there, just like... <laughs> Okay, the, the sign and trade prospects for the Lakers are not, <laughs> not great. Not so ideal. just keep it in check with yep. the with the ideas. You were, I think you were in the right place when you're talking about JaVale McGee. Yeah, that is the right place. <laughs> That's the realm of possibility we need to be considering. I right think now. that we need to get guys that yeah are top twenty five three point percentage guys like you were saying in our group group chat, and then some guys that are comfortable being DMP'd and aren't going to make a fuss about it. <laughs> Like some guys we can put on the roster so that we don't get fined for not having enough guys on the roster and, and guys that are going to let why we need Dudley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> guys that we, that guys that will let us play LeBron and AD in poor positions so they don't have to deal with tough matchups. The guys that'll take lumps for them and then ride yes. the bench from the second round out. Yeah, yes. That's what we need. And shooters. Yes. <laughs> Ideally and shoot. somebody that can shoot the ball without having to be assisted. That would be great. It's and a, without being a massive defensive liability. <laughs> that, well, let's not go too far. <laughs> I said massive defensive <laughs> liability. Right. Mild defensive liability you might be able to live with. <laughs> uh, I want to invite you all to please subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. And check out the other shows on TVPN. Also, follow us on social media at LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. Luke, thanks for a great season. Thank you to our listeners. I know it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but I hope uh, you know it's about the friends you make along the way, right? That's that's what they that's what they always say. So here's what I'll leave you with: Go Mavs! Oh. <laughs> Go Mavs! Because Luke, yeah, here's the thing: we may not win a championship this year. But the Boston Celtics aren't winning a championship this year. There you go. And if the Clippers lose tonight, they aren't either. Yep. So I can live with that. Yep. Enjoy. Enjoy NBA. Enjoy your Utah championship. 
<laughs> enjoy <laughs> media getting to travel between Salt Lake City N and Milwaukee yeah, and Denver. Milwaukee. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, See you, man. We have the last laugh. See you, John.